Hello, Marvelites! You're listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 632. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. H&M. And I'm Angelique Rocher. And Ryan, yes. guess what? What, 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 what? It's December. Woo. We made it. We did it. It is time for ugly sweaters, hot chocolate. It's time for everything. It's time to go rewatch every good Christmas movie, like Die Hard. I am very excited. <sighs> but that's not what we're talking about here. No, today we're here to give you the gift of Marvel. Yes, and speaking of the gift of Marvel, we've got this gift of an episode, which is the official Marvel podcast. We're talking about all things happening this week in Marvel. Yeah, that's right. And if you like Rocket, Groot, and all things pizza, which both of the hosts of this show do, then keep listening because a little bit later in the show, we'll be joined by writer Amanda Diver to talk about her new middle grade graphic novel, Rocket and Groot, The Hunt for Star-Lord, which also should be like subtitled The Hunt for the Best Galactic Pizza. Mm, yes. Uh, so much pizza talk coming this episode. But let's dive into some of the big fun news. This week, we got the announcement of a brand new season for the wonderful mobile game Marvel Snap, and it is all about the Hellfire Gala. Of course, you know, we have the stars of Marvel descended on Krakoa for the last couple of years to walk the red carpet to shine, so this is a big, stylish season. It includes a bunch of new character cards. Sebastian Shaw, Blob, Havoc, and Celine. There are also 50-plus new art variants coming to the game this season, including 10 brand-new Hellfire variants in the month's shop takeover, so look for those. Plus, this season introduces two brand-new locations. You have the White Palace, and for that one, you copy the highest-cost card in your opponent's hand. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. And then Castle Blackstone. The player winning here gets plus one energy each turn. That's going to work really well with some of these other, the new cards. You'll see. You'll see. Finally, we're going to have new features like deck builder and new emotes are being added to the game. To learn more about all these features and announcements, head over to Marvel.com. And of course, download Marvel Snap on iOS, Android, and play it on PC. Let's get back moving, Ryan, this week in Marvel Move. You yeah. got some things coming for the folks. Uh, and I've been working around a lot, so <clears throat> I will be starting yeah, my yeah, Marvel yeah, yeah. Move journey this week. Fantastic. Uh, you can get into a couple of our amazing stories this week. We have two episodes for you, Thor and Loki Trials of the Ten Realms, episode 16. It is titled The Dreadlands, where you head to Muspelheim and deal with goblins and, and all kinds of other stuff, trying to... Um, Stop the, the realms from blowing up. You know, kind of a big deal. And then over in X-Men Age of Orcus, we have episode eight this week where you head back to Grey Malkin Lane. Everybody knows Grey Malkin Lane is the street on which the school is. The Xavier Institute, the Xavier School for Higher Learning, whatever we decide to call yeah, it at any been, date and time. It's been a lot of different names. It's been like <laughs> Xavier Academy, Xavier yeah. School for Higher Learning. I mean, it's been abandoned. It's been mm -hmm. blown up and rebuilt. I mean, it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, so we head back there uh, to to investigate some stuff. Do There's a couple different things. Then Sentinels show up and some bad guys show up and you maybe have to protect two little kids. And it's like it's a pretty intense episode. I really dig this one. So check them out. You, of course, can check out Marvel Move through the ZRX app. If you search the Apple App Store or Google Play Store for Marvel Move or ZRX, you will find it. Uh, you can also get more information at ZRX.app slash Marvel. 
All right, and coming your way, Miles Morales, Spider-Man Legacy, number 300. That's right, we're on the 300th Miles Morales comic, and this March, all-star artists joined series writer Cody Ziegler for a giant-sized milestone issue of Miles Morales, Spider-Man, featuring art by some of the industry's leading talent. Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, number 18, will honor 300. Hundred issues with a grand battle between Spider-Man and his new arch enemy, Rabble. Uh, you got to get your first taste of the action. Head over to see Vincentini's cover as well as David Marquez's variant cover and witness Miles Morales's fiercest trial yet when Miles Morales number 18 hits stands in March. And for more information, visit Marvel.com. Speaking of spider heroes, let's talk about giant size Spider Gwen number one. Recently revealed at LA Comic Con, we have a brand new number one, this giant size Spider Gwen number one coming real soon as part of next year's 50th anniversary celebration of our uh, giant size storytelling of the 1970s. We, we, talked about this a couple months ago um but these giant size issues um came out in the 70s you know of course giant size x-men is a uh, is the landmark most well known but there's been a ton of them especially in the 70s and we're we're celebrating them again you know and instead of me just talking about this awesome issue how about we bring on the writer of the issue herself melissa flores so one of my favorite things I love to do when I do one of these runs is I always look at what was done before me and I always search for little tendrils of things that were maybe um, left open for another writer to explore. And one of the things that I really loved was uh, this idea of the carnage symbiote inside of Mary Jane. And so we play with that a little bit in Spider-Gwen Smash. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil too much, but um, that's still around and kicking a little bit. And so in our giant size Spider-Gwen, we kind of see the ramifications of that and see Mary Jane dealing with that a little bit. And also Gwen as well, trying to be there for her friend who's uh, having her uninvited guest and trying to figure out how to get out of it. Woohoo! Uh, very, very cool. We love ourselves some Spider-Gwen, as does Melissa. And of course, get ready for Giant Size Spider-Gwen number one coming March 2024. Uh, shining some sunlight on another game announcement. Your favorite Daywalker is coming to a controller near you. Revealed at the Game Awards last night, Bethesda Softworks creators, you can't see it, but Ryan is like fanning himself. I've had the vapors about the, this not for the vapors. literally months. <laughs> When I first heard, I was like, I damn near, you know, the gif of the of the woman fanning herself and she faints like, into people's arms. That yeah. was me. That was me. I'm sorry. Please re continue the reveal. It's fine because Eric Brooks is is that dude. Um, so coming from Bethesda Softworks, creators of the critically acclaimed and award winning Death Loop and Dishonored series and Marvel games, they are developing a Blade game by Arcane Leon and. Oh, it is not for the kiddos. It is a mature, single-player, third-person game. It is set in a quarantined section of Paris, France. In the middle of a supernatural emergency, vampires have emerged, terrorizing the City of Lights and forcing Parisians to shelter inside their homes at night to wait for sunrise. And you know what that means. That means that Blade is coming to kick some butts, butts, <laughs> butts. This could be so good. Oh, but that's, unfortunately, 
We're going to have to wait, but we don't have to wait for brand new comics that were released nope. this week. We have some picks. Angelique, you are leading the charge on our picks this hey, week. Hey, hey, Well, quite selfishly, this week, Marvel's Voices, Avengers number one, hit the stand. Mm-hmm. Also, I have a really uh, great um, interview with Al Ewing talking about Avengers and his career, as well as there's an introduction from a friend of the show, David Betancourt talking about his developing his love of Avengers uh, later in life. It's a great book. Just so good. Uh, second pick, your pick for century number one. Oh, we had to. We got to do a, a, mm-hmm. a big shout out to Jason Lowe, who definitely came through on everything he talked about when we interviewed him about this book. It does not disappoint. Indeed. And then rounding out our trio of top picks, I'm going with X-Men number 29. It's a book we've been talking about anticipating for a while. It reveals Doctor Doom's team of mutant Latverian superheroes. They're called the Seven Daggers of Latveria. It is the coolest name. It's a whole bunch of new designs, new characters created by Jerry Duggan and artist uh, Joshua Kassara. I I love it. I love it so much. This run has been top notch. We're going to come back and be joined by Amanda uh, Dybert to talk about her new middle grade graphic novel, Rocket and Groot, The Hunt for Star-Lord. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos. And I am Angelique Roche. And soon you're going to be hearing from writer Amanda Dybert about her brand new book, Rocket and Groot, The Hunt for Star-Lord, and about one of my favorite loves in all of my life, Scholastic Book Fairs. (laughs) But let me not get started on that. We should go to the interview because I will talk about Scholastic Book Fairs at nauseum. The one, the only Amanda Dybert, who is the author of Rocket and Groot, The Hunt for Star-Lord. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Okay, so Amanda, you have written so much for so many, and you look like you love what you do. I got to ask, what is your Marvel origin story? You know, growing up... uh being a woman of a certain age uh, in the in the 90s, everything was all X-Men all the time. So that's that's probably where I, I dipped my toes into into a love of Marvel um, was with my my storm obsession. But I'm sorry, did you mention that you were obsessed with the one, the only Aurora Monroe? Obviously, obviously. <laughs> I, too, share this obsession. Um if it was not obvious by the blonde mohawk. Uh, that is, that is, I, I love when writers are able to come back around to the universes they love and get to now be part of building out that universe. You know, for you, how did this opportunity kind of come about? Um, I mean, I got I got lucky, but I had worked with Scholastic previously. So I wrote on uh, the television series, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, and then uh, Scholastic asked me to do a graphic novel based on the television series for He-Man. So I did that. And then in working with Scholastic, they 
luckily enjoyed working with me. And so when they got this title, they reached out and said, hey, would you be interested in doing a Rocket and Groot? And I was like, oh my God, yes. Uh, which is, it was it was a less PG version than that. But yeah, it was, oh my God, yes, of course, absolutely. And so that's that's how it all started. I, I, I was asked and I enthusiastically said yes. So now Rocket and Groot, the hunt for Star-Lord is out in the world. I know there's pizza involved. I know there is a, a space and Star Lords and villains. But what is the story about? About well, I mean, it's about about the greatest pizza in the galaxy. But other than that, you know, it's um, it's, it's a lot about the fact that well, Rocket and Groot are on a quest for delicious pizza. Then you know they annoyingly get interrupted because star they find out that Star-Lord has been taken for ransom, held captive somewhere. So, like, they have to save him, they guess, if they have time, whatever. Okay, yeah, they'll save him. And so <laughs> they're going around the galaxy trying to find clues to find out where their kidnapped friend is. Along the way, picking up other guardians. So you're going to get – you're going to get everybody um, at some point throughout the – you know, every every chapter you're going to – you're going to pick up another guardian along the way. And um, as they go to try to, you know, to try to rescue their friend and get into a lot of mishaps on a lot of different planets, including a pit stop on Earth that is uh, pretty crazy and even manages to involve some uh, TikTok dance trends um, because this book is wild. <laughs> and I love that because we've got these amazing cameos from the Guardians. We clearly are going to have villains because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Star-Lord has been kidnapped. You know, this is a middle grade format. For those who may not be familiar, what does that mean? Who is this perfect for besides me? Because I'm going to read it anyway. And how does that change the structure of the book like the chapters? So what's cool about this is it's middle grade, which which sounds like middle school, but it actually is more like upper elementary. So you're talking about your, you know, like kind of like a third to sixth grader kind of situation, which is I I have a, a third grader right now. So it's a sweet spot for my daughter, which is exciting for me. And this is um, this is a book that's in book fairs. So if you remember your old scholastic book fairs from elementary school, where you get all excited. Um, we actually, like, I run the book fair for my daughter's elementary school. So I opened it up, not knowing the book would be in there, and saw it. And was it's, I cannot explain how the most exciting thing in the world is to have a book and see it at a scholastic book fair. <laughs> I mean, the scholastic book fair, I, I just want to be clear. It was that one time a year that I would go to my parents, my father, who's a librarian, and I'd be like, here are the 12 million things I want to read that are here and also the five posters. Like, mm-hmm. the Scholastic Book Fair was that thing. I, I don't know. I You held it together much better than I did because were my book at the Scholastic Book Fair, I just... I, that what just happened? Oh, I had zero chill. I was I was squealing. I was so excited. It was so fun. You know, it's I've I've gotten to do a lot of things and and write a lot of things, and I felt very fortunate. Um, but I don't know if anything's ever going to top having a book in the book fair. Like it's it's a really cool fun. 
fun thing. I'm not going to lie. And it's, you know, and it's something I get to share with my daughter today, actually at her school is uh, dressed like your favorite uh, character from a book day. And she's dressed as Moon Girl and took her Moon Girl graphic novel with her. So um, we're we're hardcore repping the geekdom. <laughs> I have more questions to ask, but I must take a romantic pause over how cool your daughter is. She's the coolest. Wow. She she was also Moon Girl last year on this day at school. She was also Moon Girl for Halloween. Yeah, she's she's obsessed. She's fully Moon Girl obsessed. Look, you are parenting the right way, Amanda. And that's all I got to say. Um, you know, it's it's so cool because this is a graphic novel. Yes, it is. Which means, you know, it does reach out to broader audiences. But that also means you got to work with a really dope artist. Yes. So what was it like getting a chance to work with Cam Kindle? Had, had you worked with them before? No, no. This was my this was my first time with Cam Kindle. It's always and, and it's great. The the art style is perfect. It it really captures the the humor, which is so important in a book like this because this is a you know, this is a really zany, funny, like it's for kids, but also as adults, there's plenty that, you know, that we like and laugh at. And with that, the art, it's so important to capture those moments and to elevate it with that. I mean, that's the beauty of graphic novels and comics, right? Is like you write a script, but it really doesn't come alive until the artist and the letterer, the colorist, or, you know, as many people as get into it. And then it becomes this whole other thing that is just magical with facial expressions that you wouldn't have imagined with, you know, little fun extra things that I didn't write that end up in the background that elevate the story and make it come alive. You know, like there's just so much that comes alive. There's so much. It it really is a, you know, it's a collaborative art. It's a, it's a co-creating situation. It's not, neither of us can exist without the other. You know, like you, you make this book together. And the exciting part for me is that I just kind of like have this idea and I write it down and then you know, a couple months later, I get to see magic. <laughs> and it's amazing. And it's always better than I imagine. It's always more beautiful. More, You know, it's just, it, that's the coolest thing. And yes, I couldn't, couldn't be more thrilled with the art on this book. It's just perfect. And what I'm also hearing is that you've had all this different experiences with graphic novels and working together as a team, whether it's production, it's TV, it's animation, you know, going across these storyboards and seeing something come to life, you know, how does this differ from other projects you've done before? And how did you approach it? Did you know you're like, this is going to be the search for pizza? That's what we're doing. Um. Well, I did. I mean, you know, I, I first I, I pitched it. So I did kind of have the idea of like, OK, we're going to hop all around the galaxy. We're going to we're going to visit these different planets. We're going to eat some pizza. We're going to get into trouble in every chapter. And and like you said, you know, because this is a because it's a chapter book, because it's for middle grade, instead of doing, you know, like issue comics that then get maybe collected or come out weekly or whatever, you know, you're really thinking about chapters and it as one big long story, you know, graphic novel wise, but then still wanting each chapter because it's for kids and they have their attention spans, you know, wanting to keep each chapter um as a good stopping place. So like, okay, you've read enough for tonight. Now you've got to go to bed. Like now, you know, so still kind of thinking about it in that issue way a little bit. Um, 
where there's a good stopping point at the end of every chapter and the kid can hopefully, you know, hopefully not put the book down. But if they need to put the book down, they put it down, put a bookmark in it and and come back to it later. So it's 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 a it's kind of the same as any other comic in in many ways and then just a little bit different because you are thinking about it from the point of view of um of younger kids so you want to make sure that you know I never like to dumb anything down I never want to make you know because they're so much smarter than we think and I don't try to you know lessen the vocabulary or the nuance or whatever but there is a little bit of making sure that at least some of it is understandable, that some of it is going to be the kind of humor that kids, you know, relate to and like some slapsticky stuff, maybe an occasional fart joke here and there, you know, that kind of thing that's going to that's going to really appeal to the, say, eight and nine year old crowd. So, yeah. well, and you vaguely talked a little bit about character cameos and these different planets, you know. Talk to me about some of the highlights. Like, you're clearly a fan. Like, were there places and planets and different types of pizzas that you were really excited to explore in the book? One thing that I think is kind of funny is there's it's uh, it's not called this in the book, but it's it's there's sort of some jokes about like Chuck E. Cheese um, and the the animatronic horrors that may exist there. <laughs> Um, you know, there's like little things that that I was able to to play with and joke because, you know, they go to Earth. And and so that was a good time, like having Rocket and Groot get into hijinks on Earth where everybody's trying to deal with this like talking raccoon and talking tree. And that's pretty unusual for those of us who live here. And, um, you know, so it's that for me. I think the Earth chapter is probably my favorite just because we get to kind of kind of get to play with uh, the world we know. But there's, there's a lot of fun hijinks. There's some, you know, some dancing, some, some interesting stuff. You did mention the TikTok, so clearly there is a viral TikTok dance that's involved here. Somewhere. I mean, you know, you got to do it, right? I mean, for some of us who have the capabilities to do it, yes. <laughs> um, but most importantly, I- I've got to ask, as a person who has lived in New York, spent a lot of time in Chicago time in Jersey, time in Pennsylvania. You know, when you talk about the best pizza, it 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 can split families and friendships mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, when you mm-hmm. go intergalactic with mm-hmm. this, and we're talking about the best pizza in the galaxy, um, what does it look like cooking up intergalactic pizza? And did you have a favorite? I mean, it's fun because you can do, you know, you can do weird stuff because if things are happening on different planets, then, you know, like maybe sometimes there are ingredients that are alive. Maybe sometimes there are things that are kind of creepy and weird. I mean, you just never know. Um, And then, you know, you're dealing with a raccoon. So is like trash on pizza going to be the most delicious thing for him? Um, You know. Oh, the sweet dumpster pandas. Right. These are these are the questions we must ask ourselves. Um, And so, yeah, it's. It's fun to get creative with that kind of thing. And um, I enjoy pizzas of many different varieties. Probably wouldn't eat trash on a pizza, but otherwise, otherwise I'm pretty open um, as far as the variety. This goes. is, I mean, this is, this has got to be the most important question I'm going to ask you today, though. Does pineapple go on pizza or not? Okay. So we're a house divided. Um, my wife, who is also a comic book illustrator, is a big pineapple on pizza person. And I am a big no pineapple 
on Pizza Person. Um, so and and, and yes, Amanda, somehow, you were doing so well. You were doing so well. <laughs> we, we live and let live is the thing. She always, you know, I will order her pineapple on her pizza. Um, she enjoys it. She likes to have like some jalapenos on it too. So she's got the spicy sweet, which I can respect. I love oh, the jalapenos. Yeah, no, all right. I Not see where so that's going. The, the pineapple, but um, but yeah. So we're 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 a house divided around here. You know what? I feel like you're really raising your child to do some conflict resolution in the best way possible <laughs> and allow people just to be themselves. And really and truly, that's what it's all about. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm really excited. I feel like there's going to be a lot of parent jokes. There's going to be um, a lot of weird crawly things on pizza. Um, and I feel like we're going to get some of our favorite Guardians of the Galaxy in here. What are you most looking forward to when kids get their hands on this book? I think it's a really fun intro into the characters. You know, it's as we, as we know, like Guardians content in general can be a little dark, a little older, a little mature. This is definitely a way to bring them into this world in a way that is light and fun and funny um, and still has the fun dynamic between the characters and the adventure and like the random off the wall things that we that we know and love about Guardians in general. So I think that it'll be a really fun book for kids. They're going to meet all the Guardians at some point along the journey, some for longer than others. Um, and I, I think it's fun and funny. I think they'll have a good time. At least that's the hope. Congratulations, Amanda. Uh, right now, available everywhere you get your books, including the Scholastic Book Fair, Rocket and Groot, The Hunt for Star-Lord. Go get it. Get your hands on it. It's grade level, but truly this book is for all of us. That was Amanda Dybert, author of the middle grade graphic novel Rocket and Groot, The Hunt for Star-Lord, which is out now wherever books are sold. That will make, I would imagine, a wonderful gift for someone this holiday season yes also scholastic book fairs i'm sorry i had to say it again they did change my life man hey i i get it i get it uh it is wonderful uh let's get into our community section aka this week in messages so next week we're going to be doing the marvel holiday gift guide uh so we'll be diving into all the gift guides on marvel.com giving some of our picks uh so i think what better question can we ask than what Marvel gift do you want to give this holiday season? And what Marvel gift do you want to receive this holiday season? Let us know. Hmm. I mean, selfishly, I want everybody to go pre-order My Superhero is Black, but that's not coming out. <laughs> that, that would be a great gift for you, yes. Uh, I would say if someone wanted to get me the Lego Marvel Avengers Oof. Tower, sure, I'll take that. Oof. Don't know where I'd put it. But I'll take Doesn't it. Doesn't matter where you would put it. It'd be beautiful. What are you talking about? I would love to give the gift of a Marvel Unlimited subscription to someone. Ooh. Mm -hmm. You know what? Mm -hmm. That's a pretty dang good gift. It is. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, all right. You can send your answers to us on social media, threads, Instagram, etc. cetera, uh, at Agent M, at Angelique Rocher, or use hashtag This Week in Marvel, or send us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash This Week in Marvel. But the best way to get us your answers to, is to email them to us at twimpodcast at marvel.com. Please make sure to tell us it is okay to read Twim on the show, like some folks did when they sent us some messages. Love it. Uh, well, last week's 
question of the week. It is the time to find out what those submissions were. What Marvel character would you like to share a pizza with? Uh, first up, Carly said, Who I'd want to have pizza with in the Marvel Universe is obvious, of course, Rocket and Groot. While my fur boy would have whatever pizza he eats, I would have ham and pineapple with black olives, which would be good for Rocket's heart. Uh, how did... <laughs> How did they know we were going to have a conversation about pineapple on pizza? It actually is just, it's the most contentious thing. It really Um, is. Antonio emailed us and said, I'm a bit of a pizza snob. Ooh. And I really (laughs) love high quality, authentic Italian pizza. So I want to go get pizza with Dr. Strange because he could use his powers to find and take us to the best pizzeria in the universe, wherever that might be. Plus... I bet he's a bit of a pizza snob, too. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. For entertainment, though, I'd bring along Nadia Van Dyne and Obi. Both are so infectiously amiable and, given their backgrounds, have possibly never tasted pizza before. So I'd like to see how they'd react to one of the greatest foods known to humankind. So fun. Uh, we also love getting emails from Heather, Derek, Fiona, and Nolan, who wrote in to say, Marvel Pizza Party! Fiona is going to invite her girls Nico and Magic and have magical mystery-topped pizza. Dad is going to have pizza with Fury, as he would know where to get the best slice. He knows everything else. One can assume he knows that, too. I am going to invite Ariel and Aaron over. Hopefully, they like white pizza with broccoli. And Nolan decided, since he's lactose intolerant, he's going to invite Wade over for Build Your Own Tacos. As a bonus, since I'm a high school teacher of the deaf, I would have a pizza party for my students and invite Maya, then my deaf teenagers could meet this amazing role model in the Marvel Universe. Oh, Just the ding-dang best. I just love how everyone just loves who they are. Uh, Brandon G emailed to say, I would like to eat a pizza with Yelena because I feel like she would be a fun person to eat with. I would let her pick the toppings as long as we can have crushed red pepper flakes because apparently she likes spicy things. All right, that's it for this week. This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Jasmine Estrada, Isabel Robertson, Angelique Rocher, and Ryan Pnagos. Our senior manager audio production developer is Brad Barton. Emily Godfrey is our production manager. Special thanks to... Pizza. Because pizza is Ah, love. Pizza is love. I'm Ryan. I'm Angelique. This is Mark. You're you.